Hi, Sophie. Hi, Sin. Hi, Bean. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everyone. And welcome to the Snack Covenant, episode 241. Yay. Ooh. Today, we're talking about Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin, Advent of the Red Comment, with our special guest, Bean. And specifically, we'll discuss Char. Advent of the Red Comment makes it sound like it was flagged as spam. You've been on the podcast a few times before, and for the benefit of newer listeners, could you please tell us about yourself? Sure. My name's Bean, aka Emily. I'm an artist, cosplayer, occasional streamer, casual card game enjoyer. <laughs> I like Gundam a lot. I love Bloodborne. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just a general, well-rounded nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy to be here. Yay. Yay! And Bean, since this is a professional podcast, I have to ask you. What credentials do you possess <laughs> to talk Gundam with us? My credentials are... I am just a big fan of Char Esnable. I'm just a big old Char... <laughs> That's my credentials. We're gonna go with that. Now, our credentials to talk about Gundam are... Sophie has like five different versions of that pink transformer, and I have a Liberty Prime. Yeah, yeah. You know, Liberty Prime is, is just a Gundam. Yeah. It's just a Gundam, except it's actually cool. And not some anime bullshit. <laughs> okay, my credential here is that I had to point out to people what a Zaku was. Because there's references to Zaku's in the Bloodborne Code. Is there? Yes, because it's a common thing in um, Japanese game design to call the shitty little enemies that you kill in, in huge quantities Zaku's internally. Because that's how Zaku's work in Gundam. That's amazing! <laughs> They're all just little green Zakus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh all the all God. the shitty little beasts and shitty little huntsmen in Bloodborne are called Zaku. So cute. I love that. <laughs> Two of my favorite things right there. <laughs> together. And they have no other real connection other than the naming <laughs> convention in the code. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Shared universe confirmed? Why not? Yeah. Hmm. Well, Armored Core is kind of... Actually. Yeah. The end of Unicorn is kind of like Bloodborne. And and the, the Moonlight Greatsword is in, you know, Armored Core, so, and that's in Bloodborne. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Bean. <laughs> My other credential is that as a kid, I had a model of Big Zam. Could you please describe it? Big Zam looks like the bottom half of a robot you lost the top half of. <laughs> basically just a, it looks ridiculous it's like the head of a frog with two very long legs poking down oh yes <laughs> i remember this oh it's so stupid yeah it's wonderful i love it 
Well, that was a wonderful introduction. <laughs> Good. So now let's move on to the angelic outline. Oh, thank you. It's just angelic as hell. Just yeah. <laughs> Let me direct your attention to the first question. Mm-hmm. Since we're talking about Advent of the Red Comet, what did you ladies know about Gundam before watching that anime? Well, I had seen all of the original Mobile Suit Gundam 0079, which came out in 1979. I had watched it as a kid, so I actually already knew kind of about like what the story was being told in Advent of the Red Comet because they do do like flashbacks but it's just a much smaller condensed variant of it that they made an anime about it and because Char is like one of the most popular characters ever to be conceived <laughs> in modern media after reborn a- after <laughs> yes, after reborn after reborn yeah after lambo yeah <laughs> of course after lambo of course <laughs> Hi, Sophie here. Sin's a little concerned that, despite being one of the most popular characters in modern media, you might not have heard of Lambo. Well, like most of this shit I have to explain in these little cutaways, Lambo is a character from the anime Katekyo Hitman Reborn. Lambo is a five-year-old with a huge afro and the dimensions of a Funko Pop. You might think this makes Lambo easier to distinguish from other five-year-olds, but it's reborn, so it doesn't. Instead, you distinguish Lambo by the fact he is wearing a cow-patterned onesie, and he has horns? It's not clear, really, if the horns are actually a costume or if he actually just has horns. You might also think, well, why does does the, the Lambo guy have a cow theme if he's a lamb. The cow thing is because he's from a mafia family called the Bovino family. And then you're like, why is the five-year-old in the mafia? Well, Reborn does have magic baby assassins that work for the mafia, but Lambo's not, not a magic baby. Lambo is just a normal baby who works for the mafia. That's Lambo. Back to the podcast. I had seen several Gundam anime prior to watching Advent of the Red Comet, including Gundam Gundam Wing, Gundam Seed, original Mobile Suit Gundam, a little bit of Zeta, because I'm a big fan of Zeta Gundam, and Iron-Blooded Orphans. So I have a lot of my back (laughs) to back me up, I guess. Yeah. That's amazing. um, I'd seen the trailer for Gundam Wing. (laughs) (laughs) It was on every anime DVD that I had in, like... The 2000s. I mean, you can tell that I don't know anything about it because I'm still calling it Gundam. Because <laughs> I'd only ever, I'd only ever seen it written down until like a month ago. I have to ask Bean: Is it true that Gundam is a combination of gun and freedom? <laughs> is it? I don't know. What? He'll <laughs> translate this shit. <laughs> Because, look, I don't actually know. It's literally Gundam. Yeah. I guess it's like like all those 70s robots just have weird mashup names. 
Like Zambot yeah. and like yeah. Mazinger, and, yeah. I must have read it on some wiki site. Was it was it Fextra? Yeah, was it Fextra? <laughs> <laughs> well, my experience with Gundam is that on my end, Gundam, Escaflone, Macross Plus sort of occupied the same space in my mind as big robots that shoot stuff. So that's pretty much all I knew about that Gundam universe before watching Advent of the Red Comet. Mm -hmm. Which made the Red Comet a little confusing. <laughs> <laughs> that That's fair. <laughs> it, it's supposed to like be a supplementary anime, kind of? This was the thing with it, because I watched this, like, recap thing from a Gundam fan on YouTube who was like, oh, this is a really good point to jump onto the series, because it doesn't require you to have seen anything else. And, like, it's true that the story, it's, like, chronologically the first part. So, no, it doesn't. But also it makes no concessions whatsoever <laughs> if you don't already know where this goes. To the point where there's all these characters who show up for about, like... Five seconds. Yeah. When they show off, like, child... Uh, Amaro in yeah. the in the space station before Char blows it up. Yeah, it's it's Amaro. Ray, he's got the little Haro. Yeah, and you know it's Amaro because he has the Haro. But if you don't know who Amaro is, that means absolutely fuck all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a big problem. When, when, yeah. it, it was like every time a, an incidental character would start getting the spotlight, it's like coin flip. <laughs> is this a character who's important later on, or are they going to die in the next scene? to make us understand the horrors of war. And so it's about 50-50. <laughs> like, when they had the, the um, Yuki the snow guy. Yeah, I was yeah. waiting for something more, and I thought there was going to be a story and an arc, and... I was waiting for him to, like, pick up the rifle and disappear, and like, oh, he's a character in 1979. He's not those dead. <laughs> I, I love how much time they spend, like, explaining the politics with the zombies, specifically, <laughs> because you don't really see what that turns out to be until you watch, like, 0079, and then you're like, yeah. oh, okay, I see, you showed Garma off so much because of the relationship that him and Char have, because then Char proceeds to go kill him. Right, yeah, that's the thing, because it's, set it's setting up Char's revenge, which we then don't see. Right, exactly. Yeah. There are no Gundams also in this anime, like, at all. There's, like, one that they preview. There's no Gundams. It's all Zaku's yeah. and all the, like, pre-Gundam shit, like, the, the tanks that roll around that have, like, the Zaku bodies on them. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> when was the first time you saw anything Gundam-related? I was probably in a hobby shop and I saw a kit that my parents wouldn't let me have because I actually wasn't allowed to have any model kits when I was a kid. They were like, you're not going to do those, you're just going to lose the shit to it and never do it. But I then was watching Toonami when they were airing Gundam Wing. Mm -hmm. So I watched Gundam Wing first, way back in the day, yeah. um, and that was probably my first. I was the same. I um, saw Gundam kits in hobby shops, but unlike being my dad built model planes so he's like i can't stop you so oh um yeah i had this weird hodgepodge of just like gundam kits and also just random robots that i didn't know the origins of 
And then I, I called it Gundam until uh, March. <laughs> and then during the, the sort of mid-2000s when I was getting back into anime, I the Gundam Wing trailer was on every DVD that I found. Uh, and I can quote the trailer by heart, but I've never seen the series. <laughs> also, I think Frant is in the trailer. Sophie? Yes. Could Framp do a little cameo for us with his new super hit catchphrase? I need a sock. Oh no. <laughs> Su chosen undead. <laughs> Hello? Hi, Sophie here. Sin is a little concerned that at this point in the podcast, it's gotten a bit stupid, and this might frighten off newer listeners who came here for intelligent conversation. If you'd like intelligent conversation, Sin recommends How to Catch a Fearsome Critter, a series in which Sin and I track down animals that don't exist. Enemies of Bloodborne. An exhaustive deep dive into the characters from the hit PS4 RPG, asking questions like, what are their hobbies, and what are they made of? And of course, The Policy. A five and a half hour analysis of the anime, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Back to the podcast. So my experience with Gundam was similar to yours. Mm-hmm. They aired Gundam Wing in the 90s on TV, and I would catch random episodes here and there, but I would have no idea what's happening. Yeah. So I didn't really get into it. Oh. It's okay, because I'm becoming a pro now, because my boyfriend, who's like a mega nerd, has like thousands upon thousands of Gundams in his computer, mm. and he's like, we can watch them all if you want. <laughs> That's awesome. That's nice. Yeah. Let me ask y'all, what did you think of Advent of the Red Comet? Well, it felt like what it was, which was watching the first half of something that then ends and nothing is really paid off. Yeah. 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 Like I was saying, there was this YouTuber who's like, it's a really good place to jump on because you don't need to know anything. And like, you don't need to know anything, but also it just stops. So then in order to understand what any of that meant, you, you have to watch the original anyway. Or while you're watching it, you're continuously yeah. Googling everything and asking your boyfriend to explain things to you. I can't Google so what anyone's name is because they all have these weird mashup names. <laughs> all these made up names. <laughs> I love that there is a robot called the Gelgoog. <laughs> Gelgoog is my favorite name for a robot ever at this point. I do love Tall Geese, but that's in yeah. that, that's in um, Wing. Yeah. So I, every time I see a Tall Geese, I just send a picture of it to, to Jess. <laughs> like here's here's a Tall Geese in the wild. <laughs> yes, yeah, so because like I I know the robot designs because I've seen them in stores. But I don't know what they are. I don't know what they do. I thought they were all called Gundam. Same. No, and then they're like, no, a Gundam is a special kind of thing that's not a mobile suit. And I'm like, yeah, there's uh, mobile suits, which are like different 
than Gundams. Yeah, Gu- yeah. Gundams are like specifically made by like a guy that like yeah. made the first Gundam. The Slav sounding particle guy. Yes, Nosky. yes, that yeah. guy. He like they talk about him like making it for the like Earth Federation, which is like you know the people on Earth, and then like of course the zombies of the Zeon Empire are like, we're gonna yeah. make these Zakus because they're like just based off of mobile suits that we can like modify for combat. Yeah. I guess if we're gonna talk, uh, still talk about the impact or like what we, our initial thoughts of... The impact? I'm just imagining the fucking space colony hitting Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> this is the where it's like I was told repeatedly oh yeah Gundam's really interesting because this like it's like morally ambiguous as to like who, who are the real villains here that it's like here's your introduction we killed half the human race by dropping a space colony on the planet Earth and it's like I think you're the villains oh yeah Zeon it's like you killed half the human race you're dressed as Nazis <laughs> yeah you, you keep doing parades where you so see Zeon <laughs> so I don't know what other context there is that would make me think, hmm, <laughs> perhaps they have a point. So here's the thing. When when you're watching, like, especially with Advent of the Red Comet, when you're watching it, it's really obvious that they're trying to play off the, the Zobby family specifically, not necessarily the principles of the Zeon Empire, but the Zobby family that takes it over right. from uh, Zeon Daikun. Um, there's Ze- Zeon Zoom Daikun, excuse me. Fuck, you said Zeon earlier, and I was like, hello? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so you have like the Zobby family, and that's specifically like the antagonist of. Yeah. Right. Rise of the Red Comet or Advent of the Red Comet because Char is specifically spe- seeking that sort of revenge from for killing his dad yeah. and taking over the, the Zeon Empire. But when you go into like the uh, the actual like the double, 0079 it is ambiguous because if you're starting with the original you're going to end up thinking like well the Earth Federation aren't all good guys and the Principality Zeon's not all bad guys. You're going to yeah, see yeah. two sides of the same corn and see how there's just bad people on each side, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, no, definitely, like, the Principality of Zeon is definitely Nazi-coded. Like, when you initially watch yeah. it, you're like, this is like watching Star Wars. You're you're watching the Empire fight the Rebellion, and the Rebellion would be what the Earth Federation is, and Zeon would be, like, the Empire, which are also Nazi-coded. So you end up with a lot of that. yeah. And there's a, that thing that, again, like, I don't remember it being much in Advent of the Red Comet, but the idea that, like, the colonies are being treated like shit by the Earth Federation. Yeah. You barely see the Earth Federation at all in this. No, you don't. It's another instance where I think that Advent of the Red Comet is not necessarily a great starting off point if you're really interested in the politics behind everything and how it really, like functions because yeah. there's a lot of extra stuff that you need to know about the Earth Federation to really get in there. It feels like watching a historical drama that takes as read that you understand the setting, and I didn't. <laughs> yeah. The entire time you're kind of wondering, why are they fighting? What's happening? Yeah. The Advent of the Red comic kind of sets it up so it looks like Char is 
really one of the main reasons why the one-year war happens that wipes out like half of the human population because he starts that shit with Earth Federation like folks when he's still like in training for the military for uh, Zeon. I can't remember exactly what episode that is, but I know there's a part where he like convinces Garma to like lead this like rebellion against these Earth Federation soldiers. Essentially, that makes it look like Zeon is staging a coup against the Earth Federation, and that is like part of the reason why Zeon moved forward with the dropping of the colonies and all of that. Oh, well, I wish they'd explained it this way. <laughs> yeah, I wish, you know, I wish they would explain it like in order and then keep going. <laughs> yes. So let me ask you, Bean, that school or whatever where Char started all that crap, what was that exactly? The school that he's in is like basically like basic training for like Zeon soldiers that's run by the Zobby family. And it's Dozel Zobby who runs it. Right. And then yeah. Garma is the class president who rooms with Char. And Char has that really like homoerotic scene where he like buttons Garma's like shirt up and he's like go do this shit for me get some <laughs> shit started and Garma's just like sweating cause he's just like oh god this man's gonna kiss me he's coming in for the kill and it's, yeah. it's, it's a very interesting dynamic because that shit just keeps happening with Garma and Char mm -hmm. I have seen a nice live reaction to that Okay, this is from me, um, 3rd of April. It is just a screenshot of Char and Gama, and it just says, Gay, it's good now. <laughs> There's a scene in Gundam Origin where, like, Garma's just, like, visiting Char for some reason, and, like, Char's just taking a shower, and he's just butt-ass <laughs> naked. He just comes out with his dick out and just starts talking politics with Garma. And then Garma oh proceeds to go get fucking murdered because Char told him to. It's, like, fully colored in the manga. Like, they colored oh it. God. <laughs> I'll just post the Twitter. It's in the, it's in the chat. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they colored it. They colored the infamous shower scene. Just fucking ass out, like, naked as shit. <laughs> you don't see Char, like, do that shit. Like, with, like, he's doing it because he thinks that Garma thinks he's sexy. I'm 100% sure. <laughs> he just, like, shows up. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love it. Love to see it. You'd love to see it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's fine. This is very important. I'll just put this on my secondary monitor. <laughs> so now that everybody's on the same page about the lore... <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Char. So Bean, let me ask you, when you first encountered Char in the original Gundam anime, one from 79? Do you know that he's not really Char? The original starts off with Amaro when he's like actually like older and essentially it starts on side seven where he lives. But you don't encounter Char until a little bit later into the original series. So you encounter him as this antagonist to Amaro and that's pretty much what he remains to be in that series. 
you do get a little bit of a condensed flashback of Char's story, similar to how Advent of the Red Comet plays out within 0079. But prior to that, you're just like, oh, it's a, it's a Xeon guy, but he wears red instead of green. Everybody else wears green. I guess he just likes red. Turns yeah. out he just fucking loves the color red. <laughs> so you first encounter him, and he's just kind of this very cocky... I forget what his ranking is, but he's like just incredibly cocky. Pretty much a lot of other Xeon soldiers don't really like him. Or they respect him, but they don't really like him. Mm-hmm. I encountered him like that. You don't really know that his name is Casfall and that he came from like a family that his father was murdered and the zombie family did it and then they took over the principality of Xeon or any of that until like halfway through the 1979 anime. Interesting. So they do reveal it in the 1979 anime. They do. They cover it. Um, like I said, it's condensed a little bit more. They expand upon it in the manga that came out in 2001. And then animated that variant of the manga as Advent of the Red Comet. Yeah, what the heck is his position? I'm looking at this now. Sorry, I'm like trying to figure out what his position is. You know the military really loves nonconformity? I'm just myself red and disobey orders. That happens in, um, in, so in, in Advent, near the end, like one of the few last episodes, I recall there being a scene where people are getting pissy that Char is wearing red, and they're like, what the fuck is your problem? And he's like, I can do whatever the fuck I want because Garma Zabi, like, sucks my dick on the weekends. And they just leave him alone. <laughs> I mean... What? This, this <laughs> He's basically got the zombies. He's trying to like keep his enemies really close to him. So yeah, yeah. he essentially is just like fuck off. I can do whatever I want. So he paints Zaku red. He wears red. He he doesn't want to be associated as closely to like Zeon, or he wants to be above them because they are run by the zombies. Yeah, that actually makes sense. He's sort of infiltrating this whole thing, but he's still trying to differentiate himself. Yeah, absolutely. And people respect him because he's really good at what he does. Um, because he's a new type, which is a whole other ball of wax within the Gundam universe. Um, and it basically just deems that he's really, really good in space. He's like really good at piloting the Zaku in space and doesn't have the same sort of like physical hindrances that people that grew up on Earth have with piloting things in space. <laughs> That's just the very, very, very general overview of that because new types can also like sense other new types, and there's like some weird telepathic shit going on. <laughs> yeah. That's why um, there's that within the context of the anime, utterly meaningless scene where Char goes and just finds a psychic girl in a casino. Yeah. And then just leaves. <laughs> Pretty sure it's Salamass. No, is it? No, Salamass is his sister. Hold up. Fuck. She's Lala. I know, because I had to frantically Google her. So, but you're not coming back into the series, are you? And this seems significant. <laughs> her point in the in the series is she's a new type. She has these um this relationship with with Char. She meets him and like you know has this bond because they're new types. And then she also proceeds to meet Amaro and also have a bond. And both of the boys are just head over heels for this lady. She, like, 
tries to stop Amaro and Char from fighting, and they end up killing her. And she, like, basically becomes, like, space dust, because for some reason Char can still, like, hear her and, like, kind of see her when he's in space for some reason, or if it's, like, some, like, really weird 80s anime shit. Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) So after she dies, that's what, like, spawns what pretty much happens in the film Char's counterattack. So we know that Char's birth name is Castle Ram Daikon. Yes. He becomes Char through a slightly questionable mean. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so he moves to Texas. (laughs) 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 Because his other caretakers of him and um, Artesia die because the zombies are after them, as per usual. Yeah. And he moves to Texas and lives with the Asnabal family. However, he meets a boy named Char Asnabal who happens to look just like him for no goddamn reason. <laughs> Char Asnabal gets not the Char Asnabal we're talking about, but the boy from Texas, Char Asnabal, which is a totally normal Texan name. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a ticket to go to like a basic training and military camp for the Principality of Zeon. Char is like, hey, wow, that's really cool. I could use that to my advantage. So he, like, proceeds to go with him to, like, the space station to see him off, plants a bomb in the space station, rides the (laughs) fuck out of there with the papers that says he's Char Asnabal and goes to the Principality of Zeon as (laughs) Char Asnabal. So what do you think that tells us about... Char. Well, Char has a he has a history of being a, a homicidal maniac. <laughs> He's got a lot of problems. He he kills he kills a man in a suit of armor as like a twelve year old. Yeah, I remember that. They show that off in the intro repeatedly. Yes, they like to show that. Yeah. that he like murders this guy. Yeah, because he's after his sister, so he's protecting his sister. It's kind of more like a protection thing at that point. But he also kills a bunch of those. He's like six years old, and he kills all of those tanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just fires it off. He's like, "Yeah, fuck these guys." He's like been <laughs> homicidal since day one. Cassilia Zabi comes in when he's like five or six, and she's like, "Hey, you little shit! I'm gonna like take. I'm gonna take you because you're fucking part of." the daikun line and we don't want you around here and he's like you can suck my dick old hag and then, <laughs> like she just leaves him alone char has a sister and both of them have to escape to texas should we point out that texas is like a space colony called texas not the actual texas no I'm just kidding. Okay. It's a space colony called Texas that was built as an amusement park. I like the idea that Caswell planned all this out beforehand, so it's like step three, escape to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> step four, meet person who looks exactly like me. Oh my god. Step five, that person gets into a military academy that I want to get into. <laughs> this is the thing about the, the, the mistaken identity, right? Because I was saying this felt like a historical piece, right? 
that is something that would work in a historical setting before they have cameras. It's like if you look at old stories of like, um, you know, like someone t- just takes someone's armor or just says there's someone else and there's no way to check because it's like cameras don't exist at this point. We just have a vague description. And then I'm like, well, hang on. If this is the far future, surely you can forge an ID? Here's my thing with like Gundam, especially with like these older setting, like Universal Centuries. If you look at the clothing that they have in these settings, you're kind of like, this looks a lot older than the tech that they have. Yeah, yeah. So it feels to me like it's like a rewriting of history where there's like a higher tech, but like for some reason, like society itself hasn't progressed with the tech. And there's that, that scene where um, uh, Cassilia and the other guy, they just like looking at all these old paintings. Yeah. Yeah. The go-to reference for the characters is still, like, Napoleon when they're talking. Yeah. Yeah. They do that in Unicorn, too, because Unicorn has that whole basis where there's that mural, where there's a mural of the unicorn, and, like, the family that has, like, the kid that has, that pilots the unicorn is, like, connected to that because of the... Anyway, Unicorn is more confusing than than Advent (laughs) of the Red Comet, so (laughs) I'm gonna get into Unicorn. (laughs) There's a There's painting of Napoleon riding his Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> riding a Gundam on the outside of it. <laughs> I want a painting of Napoleon, but it's just Char Aznable. Do it. I'm gonna do it. Oh my god, do it, girl. I'm gonna do it. At some point, when Char is younger, him and his sister get attacked in one of the places they're hiding out. And they get attacked by a Dark Souls knight. Yes, they do. What's up with that? <laughs> um, it's just a guy wearing a suit of armor who's an assassin sent by the zombies. They're in a place with a bunch of armor that's there already. So the guy, the assassin, hides by hiding in the armor. Yeah. He didn't show up in the armor as okay. a, his stock-like assassin outfit. <laughs> The best assassin outfit is just dressing up as a black knight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was a little confused. I'm like, why are you dressed like this is not effective? You're gonna hurt yourself? <laughs> sucks. A six-year-old could probably kill you. Yeah. And he does. <laughs> so, Bean, let me ask you. Not necessarily just in Red Comment, but in any of the anime. Did Char have any strong relationships with any other characters? Yeah, so like, I know, like, I've talked about Karma because I can talk about Karma forever. <laughs> um, but he, he actually has, like, a lot. Obviously, he has, like, some sort of connection with his, his sister, Karma, as we mentioned. Amaro, who is, of course, the protag of the original, as I've mentioned before, he does have, like, some sort of connection to him, albeit one that's like, I'm gonna kill this guy. The rest of the zombie family he has some sort of connection to because he's at least met every single one of them in some fashion or another. Camille in Zeta Gundam. Lala Zune, who we mentioned as well. She's in Origin. I have another red comment. A couple other girls that he dates and then they die because he can't have nice things, including women. Aww. I mean, he doesn't deserve them. (laughs) 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 Um, 
But like other than that, like yeah, pretty much a lot of characters that you would see in Advent of the Red Comet, he would have some semblance of a connection to. I know he doesn't interact as much as like you'd expect him to with like Rambo Rawl, but like they know each other. The rest of the zombies, other than like, you know, I don't think he interacts with like the second oldest, the one that's like obsessed with like Japanese aesthetic. Um, I can't remember his name. But yeah. People just know Char. People either know and respect him, know and fear him. He's he's got a lot of connections and a lot of um, longevity in the series. And how would you say his personality transforms throughout the series? He's pretty cocky for like the first several like instances. He mellows out a lot after Lala is um, killed. He has this shift where he's like no longer like there's a point in time where I believe in Char's counterattack or something or the other in that regard where he's actually like leading Zeon in a way because the zombies are dead. So he's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Okay, well, I guess I'll just like go after Earth Federation. And then he's just like, kind of like, fuck, this isn't what I wanted. In Zeta Gundam, he's like a good guy. He's like in the good, he's like in the good guy, like crew. I haven't watched all of Zeta, so I can't really like speak as much to Zeta, but I know that he's not considered a villain in, in Zeta. He might be considered like an anti-hero in some way, like not fully a protag, but he's not a he's not a villain. He's not coded as like the homicidal maniac that he normally is. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Before we go, I'd like us to do something. I googled quick personality test and Dr. Phil's personality test popped out. Right. So I think we should take one for Char and see what we get. Yes. Alrighty. So first question is, when do you feel your best? In the morning, late at night, during the afternoon and early evening? He's probably at his best and sneakiest in like the afternoon, late afternoon. During his long showers. Lunch are plotting his revenge while he drinks his coffee and eats his croissant. He actually does that at the like dinner party that Garma's at. Like Garma leaves him to go see his like girlfriend and like Char's in the back and he's got like this glass of wine and he's just like downing it. And I'm like, my guy. Anyway. Awesome. Alright. The next question is: you usually walk. Fairly fast with long steps. Yes. <laughs> We're gonna go fast. He likes to go really fast. Yeah. Would you say fairly fast with long steps or fairly fast with small steps? Hmm. Boy's got legs for days. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say <laughs> long steps. Perfect. When people talk to you, do you stand with your arms folded? Do you have your hands clasped? <laughs> One or both of your hands on your hips. Oh, he definitely like stands with his hands on his hips. I I know this for a fact. You know, and this I'm for trying a fact. to find. <laughs> I'm trying to find my like picture I took of him from the 007, uh, 0079 anime because it's a ridiculous image. Here it is. I'm gonna send this to you. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> 
<laughs> I started making his revenge plan. Yes! By Gaspel! <laughs> That's exactly- the seduce Garma is I'm right. When relaxing, you sit with your legs crossed, your knees bent with your legs neatly side by side, your legs stretched out straight, one leg curled under you. I'm gonna say the first option? Yeah. But like in that like power stance sort of way because he thinks he's better than everyone else? Oh, totally. Yes. Agreed. When something really amuses you, you react with a big appreciative laugh, a quiet chuckle, a laugh but not a loud one, a sheepish smile. I wish there was an option for a fake laugh, because Char is like very much like a, he will humor you if he wants to get what he wants, but he doesn't like you. Let's say a quick chuckle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. I like that. He's doing a quiet chuckle to himself. Yes. Internally. (laughs) 24-7. Yeah. He's like, all right, murder time. That's absolutely right. Murder time. (laughs) When you go to a party or a social gathering, do you make a loud entrance so that everyone notices you? He does like to be seen. He's like very much like, look at me, I'm hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're working very hard, concentrating hard, and you're interrupted. Oh, shit. Do you welcome the break? Do you feel extremely irritated? Or do you vary between the two? I actually do feel like there's some variant here, because he's still yeah. like a dude. And I feel like he's got this, like, especially in the original, he's got, like, this, like, sh- not humor, but he's got, like, this levity that's, like, not seen in a lot of other of the higher-ups. Like, he's not worried about shit, does that make sense? He's, like, not worried yeah. about anything. Because he's got it, he's got it, like, all on lock. So if he gets, like, interrupted, I feel like it just really depends on the situation. Yeah. Like, he varies between the two extremes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I also feel like depends on who interrupts him. Yeah, if it's like a zombie, he may not like it very much. <laughs> he may just stab them. Like, you don't know. Yeah, he may <laughs> just go to town right there. <laughs> the next question's very difficult. I don't know how we'll answer it. What color do you think Char likes the most? Oh, shit. Mm. That's, you know... Do you want the options? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get the options on okay, that Okay, okay. Red? Um, we've got <laughs> black, yellow, green, purple, white, or brown. Well, you know, Garma's hair is purple. Oh, that's right. <laughs> red it is. <laughs> okay, it's red. <laughs> oh, shit. When you are in bed at night, in those last few moments before going to sleep, you are... <laughs> Thinking about revenge. <laughs> Wanting revenge. <laughs> that would be funny if that was one of the options. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Sophie, do you want to read out the options? <laughs> Certainly, Sin. <laughs> when you're in bed at night, in those last few moments before going to sleep, are you stretched out on your back? Stretched out face down on your stomach? On your side? 
with your head on one arm, or with your head under the covers. I think his head under the covers to hide his eyes. You know what? I swear to you, he sleeps with that the stupid goggles on. <laughs> I swear. Yeah. No, he probably says that eye mask, but like, yeah, bro. I don't know. Like he that that, that I don't know. Mm. Then again, if you're stretched out on your back, you can plot revenge better. That's true. <laughs> I think he sleeps with the goggles on, but he also like is on his back, like plotting revenge. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I can see this. <laughs> and the last question is... You often dream that you are falling, fighting, searching for somebody or something, flying or floating. You usually have dreamless sleep, or your dreams are always pleasant. Fighting? <laughs> or flying, because he does a or lot flying. of flying. Yeah. Possibly searching for someone if that something is revenge. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be yeah, like yeah, searching for yeah. someone or something because he's yeah. like looking for a way to kill yeah. all the zombies. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna go with that one. Alrighty. Excellent. Let's get the results. A lively center of attention. <laughs> yeah. And the summary is Others see you as fresh, lively, charming, amusing, practical, and always interesting. Someone who's constantly in the center of attention, but sufficiently well-balanced not to let it get to their head. They also see you as kind, considerate, and understanding. They do. <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone who <laughs> always cheer them up and help them out. It's true. You can look at it with with Garma. I mean, you can yeah, look at it yeah, with Garma. Yeah. He trusts yeah. him, and it's yeah. very sad. Sophie, do the outro. That was the Snake Covenant episode two hundred and forty-one, an exciting character study of Char Hasnabol <laughs> by two people who don't know anything about him and Bean. <laughs> Bean, if people want to find you, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at Teeny Coffee Bean. Um, find me on Twitch at Teeny Tiny Coffee Bean. I've been streaming some near replicant because it just came out today. You can find me on my Etsy. My Etsy is uh, Tiny Coffee Bean Studios. I sell a bunch of Dark Souls and Bloodborne stuff. Um, and that's probably the best way to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming, Bean. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much Aww. fun. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sim. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And see y'all next time. Bye. 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 Chao Su, chosen undead. <laughs>